So what are we going to talk about today, John? Well, I received on Discord a message from my good friend Whipsworld, and he, he is a genius at phrasing things in a way that I just, I, I read his things and I'm like, this guy is some kind of a poetic genius. And his question was, or, or his topic idea, how do you research the research you're researching when you can find every angle and opinion imaginable, regardless of how much it contradicts the research you've researched? I think that is a great topic. <laughs> it's a little bit confusing, but, uh, but it makes total sense because we live in a world where we are overrun with information. Mm -hmm. There is an unlimited amount of information out there. And where do you get that information from? How do you know what's good information, what's bad information? And how do you know who to trust? So uh, we could talk about this all day long. I think we have actually had this conversation amongst each other and the interesting thing is now we're doing it like this. <laughs> I mean, That's right. And the, the thing is, I think the biggest thing that, that everybody needs to understand is that the aquarium hobby is almost exclusively based on people's experiences. Mm -hmm. People's personal experiences with the hobby, they share those experiences uh, with, you know, their friends, with people in clubs, people in fish stores, online, whatever it is. YouTubers are no different. YouTubers are regular schmucks that have aquariums in their house or in a building in their on their property or whatever it is, and they have been doing this for however long. They're sharing their experiences. The term expert in fish keeping is a really difficult one for me. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things where if you've been keeping guppies for 10 years, you know a lot about them, but are you an expert? Mm -hmm. I don't know because I don't know what an expert is. I just know somebody that has a lot of experience and I guess experience can, can, kind of be framed as expert level? I don't know. But that's where this becomes really difficult is how do we know who we're listening to or, or we know who we're listening to, but how do we know if that person is indeed an expert in their field, whether it's any form of information that you're getting? Um, I would say somebody that has uh, gone to school for it would would be a good person to call an expert. Well, yeah, obviously, but I don't know of any schools that are out there that are how to breed guppies. <laughs> well, or, I don't disagree with that. I just, I do see in our comment section a lot, or we'll get an email, it'll say, you know, it'll start off, well, since you're the expert, and I'm thinking, ooh, I'm not really an expert of anything. I am a fish keeper with experience and I'm sharing my 
experiences with you and what has worked for me. But as far as being an expert, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't like people calling me an expert. I'm not an expert at anything. If I was going to call myself an expert at anything, I would call myself an expert at furniture repair. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> Definitely. Woodworking. Woodworking. Yes. I, I mean, but. I'm an expert at being a mother. <laughs> you've got 28 years worth of experience in that. So, yes. uh, and you're very good at it, Thank by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> so anyway, I, I just wanted to be clear about that. Uh, it's, that's my personal feelings about it. That doesn't mean if there is somebody out there that calls themselves an expert, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying, you know, this hobby is so based on experiences, not necessarily stuff that's taken in in a classroom it's more i've kept this glass box full of water for 30 years i can tell you everything i know about it and that's that's where the information's coming from um now how do we research the research you're researching uh we first have to talk about where those places are like where are we getting our information from obviously the first thing that we have to mention is uh well youtube because that's what we do, and that's what we're on right now, along with the other one, which would be podcasts. There's not nearly as many podcasts out there as there are YouTube channels. You you know, YouTube is the largest or second largest search engine in the world. When you search something on Google, you're going to get results that are YouTube videos. And there's tons and tons and tons of people that are, you know, that have channels. One thing I can say about YouTube, the size of the channel means nothing. I agree with that. Because we have 475,000 subscribers does not mean we are more experts than a channel that has 20,000 subscribers. Or even, there's some out there that have a lot less than that, and they know what they're talking about. They're, like, there's Dr. Novak. His channel is small, but, you know, I say small, and I don't mean it to sound rude, but it's smaller. But he knows a lot about fish keeping that, you know, a lot more than I do in some areas. And I would say that that is a good channel for, for you if you're interested in that kind of thing. You know, there are other channels out there, is what I'm trying to say, that have really good experience and really good knowledge when it comes to fish keeping. And some are better than others that are, have much more subscribers, you know? So I agree with that. What I'm saying is that that's a good example of somebody that has a whole lot more knowledge than, than I do, but the numbers don't say that. And so it, it's very easy to look at it and say, well, these people have 475,000 subscribers. That means they must know what they're talking about. And that, that could be further, couldn't be further from the truth. Um, popularity means nothing. And it, it brings me back to that aquascaping contest that I was in that I did not deserve second place in, but I got second place. Why? Because it was a popularity thing. And there were so many aquascapes way better than mine, but yet I got the trophy because of, of you know, popularity. And I don't think I should be more popular than those people either. But anyway, uh, numbers mean absolutely nothing on YouTube. Yet, 
YouTube is one of the primary places that we all get our information. But there's also something that you have sitting there in front of you. There is books. Not as many people are reading books now, but well, they're out there. I would hope people are still reading books. I love fish books. I love getting books about anything in the aquarium hobby, not just freshwater. I have things, I have books about plants and uh, saltwater. And, you know, I like to get the books that I, I like the, the fish I'm keeping usually, you know, but sometimes I get books about fish that I'm not keeping just because I think, oh, I might want to keep that fish one day and I want to know how to take care of it before I get it. And that's what people should be doing is getting these books so that they are um, learning and researching about these fish before they actually get the fish. But if you already have it, it's it's good to get them um, even after you get your fish because you're always going to learn new things. Like what if you want to breed that fish? Um, like the book Discus Fish, A Complete Pet Owner's Manual. This book right here was, um, it was wrote or published in 1991. The thing about this book is it's, it's an older book. I say older, but I know there's some out there probably from the 70s and 80s um, or older. Um, but I bet you there are books with even more information than this one that are wrote now, you know, because people have learned new things throughout the years about discus and that other people may not have known in 1991 when this book came out. But this has been a really good book for me. Um, I've I love learning about discus. I'm always learning about discus. And then, you know, I have other books that I really love. And I've even shown in videos in the past, like the Beta Bible by uh, Dr. Martin Brahma. I think I said it right, Brahma, Brahma. The Beta Bible, in my opinion, is a book you should have if you own betas because it gives you so much information. Um, and, and you know what? People, I've even seen topics on um, YouTube videos that people have copied out of the Beta Bible, uh, specifically word for word, but that's okay. Um, I'm not going to call anybody out. And then another really good book to have, of course, is The Ecology of the Planted Aquarium by Diana Walstead. And this is the fourth edition. And the funny thing is there are three other editions. And the reason why there's a fourth edition is because even she has learned new things throughout the years and wanted to make sure that she shared that with everybody because, you know, it's a learning experience as well as, you know, um, a personal experience. And you want to share the things in your books that have worked for you or maybe haven't worked for you to make your success even better. And so I definitely recommend books. There's so many books out there. If I could bring every single book I had here, I would. But I we don't have all day. <laughs> books are good I, I'm somebody I I struggled in school with things that I had to learn out of a book that's just not my best way of learning 
my best way of learning is getting in there and, you know, experimenting, trial and error. I don't do as much trial and error when it comes to fish keeping because when you're, if you error in fish keeping, you're killing fish and that's not a good thing. But um, I'm not a book person. I enjoy books, but even now with my vision going the way it has, I struggle even more with books. Well, the, the really cool thing about some of these books that I've mentioned is they have really pretty pictures in them. So you can look at really pretty pictures while you're reading too. So <laughs> the interesting thing about books and, and we know personally, one of the offers of authors, authors of one of those books, and she is a brilliant woman, but even Diana Wallstead is sharing her experiences. Now, she has she, a lot of information backed up in that. She's got a lot of references from professionals. and I'm not arguing that. I'm not saying she is not a smart person. And I would, I would define her as an expert. But what I'm saying is she is somebody that has been doing this. She wrote that book. When was it originally published? In 1998, she said. Uh, the original um, first edition of that book. And, and she's sharing her experiences and then backing that up with science and stuff like that. Um, and that that's absolutely brilliant. I learn more from Diana Wallstead when she's here showing us. Oh my gosh. Rather yes. than reading the book. And, and that doesn't mean the book isn't good. That just means that's just my style. I learned woodworking by experimenting and, and just turning on the saw and going for it. And that, you know, you got to be careful because you don't want to cut your hands off. But same kind of a thing. If you fail at fish keeping, you're killing fish, you're killing plants. But that's how I do it. I'm a throw me to the wolves and I'm going to learn. Uh, but I do look, I like looking at pretty pictures. The one thing, I, if you were to look at any of my books and you go through any of my books, you're going to see that there's highlighter in there because I highlight everything that I want to make sure I don't forget. Sometimes it's an entire page because I'm just like continuously with the highlighter, but I understand what you're saying because sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one and learn from them instead of reading about it. So... Yeah, we don't have the luxury of all being able to sit down and have a nice conversation over dinner with the author of one of those amazing books that you're looking at. But with me being somebody that is a, you know, picture person, magazines, uh, yes. magazines used to be a huge thing for me back in the day. Um, you saw in our outline that I had written down magazines back in the day and you were like, what do you mean back in the day? They're still current. I know yes. they are. Um, I don't. I don't typically look at as many magazines now because there's so much other stuff to look at. And it's a shame because these books are, are great. The magazines are great. But I don't find myself going to them as much because there is so much more information available online. That's just kind of naturally where I gravitate to now. But I, I feel like when it comes to magazines and books, I feel like the information is better. I... I don't know why, but for some reason, looking it up on Google isn't, it's like looking up Wikipedia and it's not, it's, it's not as factual unless to me, 
like I said, in my opinion, this is my opinion. If it's in a magazine, if it's in a book, I feel like it's more legit. And I know I shouldn't say that because there are people that have wrote books that aren't, you know, as, I, you know what I'm trying to say? They're, they're, they're just kind mm -hmm. of putting things down. But what you're trying to say is these are people that are advanced in their skills but they are simply sharing their experiences. That's what I've been saying this whole time. That's that's what this hobby is. And, and people that you listen to in this hobby, whether they're writing for a magazine or writing in a book or whatever it is, I'm not saying the information's not accurate. I'm not saying it's it's incorrect. I'm just saying it's, it's usually somebody that is sh sharing their experiences. And if they're doing research, the research that they get is someone else's experience. And they, so it's kind of, this is one of the main themes that I wanted to get to in this is we formulate our opinions, all of us, not just us sitting here at this table, but all of us based on a bunch of information put together. And that could be information from books, magazines, YouTube videos, sitting down at dinner with Diana Wallstead, whatever it is, you get all this information, you put all that together and that's when you formulate your opinion. Um, it's taking all of that information in, hearing everybody's experiences, and then ex doing experiments of your own, and then coming up with your, you know, the information that you have, that you stick with, that you go with. I don't know if that is more confusing than it should be, but that's, that's what I'm getting at. It doesn't matter if it's an author of a magazine, a book, a YouTube video, whatever it is, that's where it's all coming from. Well, and that, so it's not me discounting what these people are saying and saying, oh no, the, the people in magazines and books are no different than YouTubers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying it's still based on experiences. Well, I feel like a, a lot of uh, YouTube videos are, I'm not going to say, it's not, how do I put this? They're not copying other people, but they're getting their research from the books, from the magazines, and you know, from other people, like from club meetings or whatever, you know, the situation. I I feel like it's sort of like a how did you put it once uh, a news broadcaster when they're going to talk about the news for the day. Where did they get that news from? They had to you know, research before they talked about it on the news. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that they just came up with. It wasn't their idea. It wasn't their story that they all of a sudden came up with. This is something they had to get from something that has already happened. You're right. And I feel like that's what YouTube is for the aquarium hobby. Well, it, YouTube, in a nutshell, this is this is my personal belief. This is what I practice on here. It is a a simply a place for people to share the thing that they are passionate about. Mm -hmm. And if I've been keeping fish for a long time, thirty years, off and on, in my case, over a decade for you, I'm getting on here and I am sharing my experiences. That's why there's only so many things we can do videos on because we haven't we don't have experience in everything. And I don't like taking somebody else's information and just 
rewording it and, and saying it on my videos. I like it to be something that I've actually done. My hands have been in it. I, I've messed with it. I've failed at it. I've succeeded at it, whatever it is. And that's when I can share it with you. And there, there is, how do I say this? I don't, I don't know how prevalent it is in the, the fish keeping side of YouTube, but, but here's one thing I will say, because I experienced this this week. <laughs> I was in the market to buy shoes. And I'm so happy to be wearing them on my feet right now as we speak. And they're really cute shoes. They are very cute. I'm not going to show them on camera because then I'd have to put my feet up on the table and the podcast listeners wouldn't be able to see them anyway. When I wanted to look at what, what shoes do I want, I didn't want to just go to the store because I don't like doing things like that. I don't want to try on 15 different types of shoes. I just want to go there and know what I want and then make sure they're the right thing and then, and then go went to YouTube. Of course I did to see, okay, which ones should I get? I knew the brand that I was going towards because it's been recommended to me by a bunch of friends. And so I went on YouTube and I started to type in Hoka is the brand. Uh, which Hoka shoes should I get? And I must've watched 25 videos now, from. Is it like bad that now I have the hokey pokey song in my head? <laughs> I don't know. How, that's, that's a fun song. I don't know how bad that is. But <laughs> I watched probably 15 or 20 videos. And the interesting thing is, I don't care if I offend people in the shoe community on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Um, they were all saying the same stuff. Oh. And it was almost like it was either. The shoe like, community. Sorry, that's just hilarious to me. <laughs> there is a shoe community. There is a sneaker community. There's a running community. There's running shoes. Uh, I'm obviously not a runner. Maybe someday I will be. But, um, but there, yeah, there's a whole, like, Hoka makes running and walking shoes. And so the majority of the people that are making videos about their shoes are runners. So they're always very fit and much better looking men than I am and women point I'm trying to make is they were all saying the same things. And, and what I think probably happens is you have the one kind of main shoe channel yeah. that does a video on it. And then everybody else gets their information from that channel and they just start all spitting out the same information. I'm not calling them copycats. I'm just saying the wording was too similar for it to have not been regurgitating all of the same information that they heard on another YouTube video. And so when you, you know, you hear the same thing over and over and over again, I went into the shoe store. I knew exactly what I wanted. I didn't, I did have, I did try on a couple because the one I How originally, many pairs did you try on? It, it, it was three different types, Yes. but two pairs of one type of shoe. I went in there knowing the, the, uh, the model of shoe that I wanted and I tried it on and it, I hated them. They felt terrible. And so the lady was like, well, maybe it's that pair. So she gave me another one. And so I tried the same type of shoe out twice and then I tried two other pairs and then I ended up, uh, making my decision based on which one was the most comfortable. Hmm. But the reason why I brought that up is because you watch these videos and it's basically everybody saying the exact same thing. 
the the shoe that I bought is the Hoka Arahi is the brand or the the model of it. And so if you type that in, don't ask me how to spell it. I'd have to actually look at the shoe to tell you how to spell it. But if you if you type that into YouTube, everybody says says the exact same things. It's like they have this soul and this not this whatever, and it, it's kind of wild. But that's I think that's kind of where you were going with it was a lot of people say the same things and I don't know that that's, I don't think that's as big a problem in our community as maybe it is in the tech community. When the new iPhone comes out, you watch one video, you've seen them all because they all say the same things and we all know where they get their information from. It's Marquez Brownlee. But anyway, it's a regurgitation of the same things over and over and over again. Um, and so that, that can be trouble. But when you're watching YouTube videos of somebody that's talking about breeding discus and they have bred discus, they're going to share with you what it is that they did when they bred them. We did a series of videos, or it was only one or two, on breeding discus, but we didn't do it because we hadn't bred discus. I went to Discus Hans. Right. I spent the day with him and I said, you explain how this is done because I haven't done it. I can't explain it. Right. I can explain what I've heard other people say, but I can't actually explain it from my own personal experiences. So I, I don't know if anything I made, I just said made any sense. If you're watching on video, I just swapped, I just swiped away at a bug. It wasn't me having a stroke there on camera, but um, there is a lot of regurgitation of information but I, I don't think that's as big a problem in our community because it's so experience-based. Am I making sense? I hope I am. I don't know. I've got, and turn yourself around. That's what it's all about in my head. Thank you. Thank well, you for buying those shoes. I did not do that on purpose, I promise. Okay. Um, and it's not hokey, it's hoka. So maybe that'll help you get that out of your head. But... Another place that people get information from, which for me, when I was just starting out in this hobby, this was where you went. Mm -hmm. And that's fish stores. Now, people are going to make the argument, big box stores, mom and pops, mom and pops are better. At, I mean, I'm not going to disagree, although we have dealt with some really, really outstanding people with really good information at big box stores. So I'm not going to say there's nobody smart at big box stores. But with with any fish stores, you are still trained what to say if you're an employee at a, at a, at a pet store. And here's what I mean. If you have a fish store owner, we used to have a fish store. So let's say us. We never had anybody working for us, but if we did. Okay. If an employee came in with a lot of experience in fish keeping and they said, I like to do things this way. And I said, okay, well, wait a minute. I disagree with that completely. Doesn't mean I'm right and they're wrong, but there's the way I do it and there's the way you do it. And they're different. I'm going to need you to teach people my way. Why? 
Because when you're an employee in my store, you are speaking for me. Right. So, you know, really what you're getting when you go to a fish store, and I don't, I mean, I haven't spoken to people about this. I'm just, it's just common sense. You're getting information that's actually from the owner. So the owner is teaching his employees what he wants them or she wants them to say, which is no different than the big box stores because the big box stores that when, when somebody is, I got to get this bug off of my microphone. When somebody is hired at a big box store, they are sent to training and, and all of that kind of stuff. And they have to, I, I guess, I, I mean, these huge corporations, I would imagine that's what they do. And they're taught what to say. So I don't care what your experience is. I need you to teach people this way. Because if you teach them your way and your way fails, you know, we, PetSmart, Petco, all pets, we are going to have to take responsibility for that. And you taught them something that we weren't necessarily looking for you to teach them that. Well, I've heard some pretty bad information coming from some people at some of those stores. So sure, I I kind of question the uh, you know the training part. Hey, listen, I mean that you're just as likely to find that as you would at a mom and pop store. I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, mom and pop stores. The owners of a mom and pop store have a lot more vested interest in making sure their customers are given the right information because if they don't, the customer never comes back. They never buy from them. Their business goes out of business. Uh, so they want to make sure their information is said a certain way. We want to make sure that, that you have the right information or what we believe is the right information because you're going to take that, you're going to apply it in your tanks. If it doesn't work, you're coming back to us and complaining. So owners are going to be very particular about what they want their employees to say. And so you're getting, the whole reason why I'm bringing all of this up is how do you research the research you're researching? When you go in and you talk to an employee, you, you might not necessarily be getting what that employee believes. You're getting what the owner believes. So the, the question becomes, who the hell do you believe? <laughs> I don't know. I think in that uh, situation, I would be like, can I talk to your manager? Mm. Oh, we got a Karen in the house, folks. I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, it, it's, it's very frustrating. And this is kind of why this is such an intriguing topic. Because, you know, is YouTube a great place to get information? Yes, I, I definitely think it is. doesn't matter if you're looking at shoes or, or aquariums. Uh, is books? Yes. Fish stores? Yes. All of these places are great places to get information. But at the end of the day, what information are you getting? And how do you know if it's right? There are, there are people, and, I, and I'm not going to say there's people in our community that are this way, but there are people on YouTube that if they say something, I'm like, well, that's it. That's, that's a fact. It might not be. So, but that, that's where this word influence comes in. Now the, the word is influencer. We are influencers. 
And that is so, so, so true. Back in the day, influencers were fish store owners. Or people in clubs. Yes, people in clubs. That's that's where the information was. Was a, a, a th- where else was it? I mean, you had your friends, you had clubs, you had fish stores, and there was nowhere else to get your information. Books and magazines too, um, but you know, like I said, I've never been a book guy. So for me, it's who do I go and talk to, and now. There's, there's that multiplied by a thousand because you go to YouTube, you type in how to breed guppies, you're going to get 33,000 results. So who do you listen to? What I will tell you, this is my personal advice to you, the viewer, the listener. If you have one of those people that I just described, maybe it's us. I'm not going to name any other channels because I don't want to get people in trouble or I don't want people to get mad at me. If you have somebody that you trust wholeheartedly, like I do in some other communities, and you go there and you say, well, what does John say? What does Lisa say about this topic? If you take what I say or what Lisa says, and that's the only bit of information you get, and that's what you run with, you're making a mistake. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, too. I think that when you're trying to learn something or get information on a particular topic, you should be getting your research from several different areas and and hearing or reading or, you know, learning what has worked for other people and what hasn't. Because you know what? We don't all have the same water parameters, you know, we, you might be able to breed a guppy. So-and-so might be able to breed a guppy in um, 7.8 pH, and somebody else might be trying to breed guppies, and their pH is like 6, and maybe they're not having success, and they're like, oh, I'm doing exactly what so-and-so just said to do. It's not working. And then they're going to say, you know, or think, oh, my gosh, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. But the fact is, there's different water parameters. We all have different water parameters. What works for somebody might not work for somebody else. That is an example, is is all I'm trying to say. No, that's a good example. And here's the real bitch of this hobby, okay? Because you can have, and I've seen this, you can have somebody, like in my case, when I when we first started our YouTube channel out, it was to share our experiences with African cichlids and how mm-hmm. we breed African cichlids. Oh, yeah. We, we ran a pH at that house at about 7.8. And I, so I, you know, and, and a lot of the books would tell you that's where you should be right around that area. And so the, the books say that I have experience with that. And I also say that works. And, and I believe I've got experience that that works. But then you go and watch another YouTuber. And that YouTuber says, I, and I'm not saying this happened. I'm just using this as an example. I breed African cichlids all the time. And my pH is at seven. And they breed like crazy. Who's right and who's wrong? 
The answer to that is nobody's right or nobody's wrong. Right. Because this guy bred his fish in seven. I'm breeding them in 7.8. There's a million different ways to experience this hobby. There's a million different ways of getting from point A to point B. So if you listen to me and I say I like to breed peacocks at a pH of 7.8 and then you go to another channel and he says or she says I breed at 7.2. We're both right. The book might say something completely different, but in my water, they breed like crazy at 7.8 and at his, they breed as a, so it's like mind blown. My head is exploding here. Who do I believe? Who do I listen to? I agree with what you just said. A hundred percent, a thousand percent. You gather up as much information as you possibly can. You, you take it all in, get as much information as you can and then you formulate your plan of what you're going to do. Like, I want to breed African cichlids. I want to research how I should set everything up. And you haven't done anything with that yet. You go through, you get all of that information, you put all that information together, and you formulate your plan of what it is that you're going to do. If all you do is go to the KG Tropicals channel and watch our series on breeding African cichlids, that's all you do and you set it up completely based on what we did, it may work perfectly or it may not because your fish that you're getting from a different vendor that are in different water, that it, your situation, you set it up what you think is like ours, but it's not. It and so different, you're feeding them different food or, you know, maybe you're, your tank isn't the same size. <laughs> it could be so many different things. Like you're, how you have it set up might be totally different than the way we mm -hmm. have it set up. So there's, there are definitely different factors when it comes to stuff like that. There's so many different variables and that's what makes it. That's why I described it as the bitch of this hobby. Cause it's like, well then who do I listen to? You know, you've got another example would be snails. You, can I keep betas and snails together? Well, one person might have success with keeping snails and betas together because they have a heavily planted aquarium and the snails have places to go and hide and not get, you know, snacked on by the beta or picked on. But then you might have a, a another aquarium where there's a beta with two SpongeBob decorations in it and the beta decides they want to pick at that snail and it dies. So, you know, it just depends on, it, it just depends on circumstances. There's, it's, it depends on all the little variables. There exactly. are so many different variables. So the answer to the question that Whip's World so eloquently put in there, which was, I'm going to read it again. How do we, how do you research the research you're researching when you can find every angle and every opinion imaginable, regardless of how much it contradicts the research you've researched? This is one of the more difficult things in this hobby. Because what works for me might not work for Whip's World. What works for you might not work for 
Lucas Bretts. And what works for Lucas might not work for Discus Hans. I mean, we could just keep on going all of these different names. There are so many different ways of doing this. All you can do is get as much information as you can, try to figure out where everything connects, and, and you know what are the common things. Well, everybody's saying, if you're going to breed peacocks, you know, the range is, everybody's saying a pH of 7.6 to 8. So I need to be in there. Everybody's kind of in agreement there. So we know that part of it. The temperature, everybody's saying it needs to be in here. You're going to gather all of that up. And I don't know, you might be a big nerd and want to chart all of those things and draw lines and say, okay, this is what everybody's saying. Then you, you take all of that information and that's when you formulate your opinion. Unfortunately, there's no other way in this hobby of doing that because everybody does it differently. Everybody has different circumstances and the books might say one thing, but this guy says another thing. It is extremely difficult. This is why experience is the number one key and experience means you're doing a lot of trial and error and you might kill a lot of fish. And that's unfortunate, but. <laughs> I think one of the places that people should be very cautious about when they're trying to get research uh -oh. Uh -oh. is Facebook. Um, I think there's a lot of groups out there um, that there's too many know-it-alls and there's too many people that are also, how do I put it? I don't want to. Assholes? Not, no, the people that don't get it the first couple times and they're still making the same mistake and they're still going in the Facebook groups and they're still saying this and this and this and this is happening and they haven't taken good advice that's been put on Facebook and they're just continuously making mistakes and it's like it it can get to the point where it can make people be mean to them you know i think that people do need to be nice say it in a nice way or you know and people need to get it <laughs> but i think one of the best places on facebook to get information from would be a group that is based off of a club and what I mean by that is I'm part of the Raleigh Aquarium Society. We? We, yes. But <laughs> I'm on their Facebook. Like, oh, I'm yeah. in their Facebook group. And to me, that is probably the best place to get good information. These people are awesome. They're nice. Everybody helps each other out. I don't see anything vicious or mean you know, people help each other in this group where other groups I'm in that have hundreds of thousands of people in there, you see a lot of, I don't know, stuff. there's just stuff going on in there that I don't agree with. I keep my eye on it. I might answer a few things here and there, but I, I just, I, I prefer the club Facebook pages. You're going to have a lot more people in there that know what they're talking about, too. You're going to have people in there that have more experience. Those are the ones I would go for. Yeah, I don't frequent the Facebook groups 
I, I had to get away from that because it was just driving me too much crazy. And it, here's the other thing. There are a lot of people on Facebook that the, the reason why arguments happen is because people post wanting to hear a certain thing. And if they don't hear that thing, then they get angry and it turns into a big fight. Even if that's for advice. Like if they go, I'm trying to breed these fish and they're not breeding, what should I do? What they really want is people to respond, you've done it all perfectly. You don't have to worry about anything. Just sit right. back and wait. That's what they want to hear. But they don't. They hear somebody come in and say, well, you're doing it wrong. You need to do this. Well, now I'm offended. And, and so, you know, I stay away from Facebook groups. But I think it's really sad, though, when people do put a post up um, and they, like, they'll put a picture up of their aquarium and they're, they're like, I just escaped this and this is what it looks like. Please, only nice responses. <laughs> I'm like, wow, so you don't want to hear that you just did a shitty job. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, and people shouldn't have to say that. I mean, there, there could be a, a tank that looks, in my opinion, horrible, but the person who set it up loves it. Or maybe the person who set it up is eight years old. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to get on there. And again, that's why I'm just off of there. I, I, I try not to respond unless it's something nice to say. If it's something that I have a, an opinion that isn't good, I guess, like, as far as what they would want to hear, I keep it to myself. I really do. And, and you know, there are situations where people put a stupid post up just because they want a reaction. And you know it's fake. It's not real. They just want a reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, get everybody in the comment section talking about it. Well, I don't like that either because what are we learning from that? People are there to learn and share experiences. So, Yeah, it's the wild, wild west when you go into those groups. Uh, I, I get a lot of compliments. We get a lot of compliments on the Tank Talk group. Uh, but even that, I, I had to leave because there's just too many, there's too much drama on Facebook. I, I can't stand it. There's enough on YouTube. I can't, I can't tolerate it. What, uh, I, what I don't like about the Tank Talk Facebook group, and if anyone's listening and or watching and they hear what I have to say, please don't do it anymore. I get really sick and tired of seeing posts of Amazon pictures of uh, aquarium stuff. What do you think <laughs> about this product? And I'm like, delete. I will delete a post off of Tank Talk. If your post has been deleted off of Tank Talk and you're wondering why, did you post something on there about an Amazon link to an aquarium product? Because that's how it's going to get deleted. I'm just going to do it. I get so sick of that. Once again. Or if you're, <laughs> you're going on our group and you're putting a link up, I'm not saying not share with other people who've asked questions in the comment section, but I'm saying specifically going on Tank Talk in our Facebook page and saying, this is on sale at Aquarium Co-op. I'm going to delete it. it. It's nothing personal against Aquarium Co-op, but why are you going to go on our Facebook page and start posting about somebody else's stuff? It's just wrong. 
Well, that's not offensive because Corey would do the exact same thing, and he should. I mean, it'd be like going on Hans's Facebook page and putting a link up for somebody to buy discus from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Who does that? <laughs> yeah, I I agree. And again, that's it's the wild wild west. And you know, on the topic of information, it's also the wild wild west. And and we, you just never know. And that's the hard part about this hobby. Um, how do you research the research you're researching? I'm going to be saying that as I'm trying to go to sleep tonight. You do it by finding multiple sources that you trust. Maybe that's a magazine, a book, a, an aquarium club, somebody that you know knows a guy who's a, done this a lot and, and is considered to be an expert. And you, you get your information from those people. Don't just turn to one source. I, I, I've said this multiple times. I'm going to say it again. If you're researching something that you know nothing about, if all the information you get on that thing is from one source, you're making a mistake. You should be getting it from multiple sources. If you go to multiple sources and they're all saying the exact same thing, well, there you go. You just got your information. But if they're saying different things, you brought up Aquarium Co-op a couple seconds ago. They live as far away as possible from us in, in the United States. We live on one end of the country. They live on the complete other. Our scenario here is very different than theirs. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't, so is our pH. That's what I'm saying. The water <laughs> parameters that come out of the tap here are vastly different than they are there. Mm-hmm. So much, in fact that fish that you find in pet stores in Seattle are not the same fish you find here because the water is so different. Discus and so, over there are, from what I understand, discus are, um, so, it's like breeding guppies over there for us here, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so, you know, my information that I put out there will be very different from his. So if... If you're a fan of Aquarium Co-op, and if you're not, you should be, and you live here in North Carolina, and you watch one of his videos, and he says you should do this this way, he's probably right, but also, it might not be the best information that you can get if you are on the East Coast, because our water is very different. I, I just went down a rabbit hole that I probably shouldn't have gone down, but you understand what I'm saying circumstances are different experiences are different and so if you only take that information from one source you're making a mistake that's why i say it because even the people that you look at as experts have different circumstances than other people that you would consider experts get your information from multiple sources take all of that information put it all together and then formulate your opinion that is how you research the research you're researching. (laughs) Now, I want to go to a fun segment. We're going to do yours first. We're going to do this every single week. We are going to do a segment that is called Lisa's World and a segment that's called John's World. This is where we each have the opportunity to talk about something that has absolutely nothing to do with fish keeping. And before you do it, though, I want to play your little intro for it. This is something that was recorded in like 2014. Lisa's World! That is all of our kids when they were very, very young. 
hollering Lisa's world. It's adorable. Go ahead. Okay, so as far as what's going on in Lisa's world this week, um, <laughs> I took Roxy, that's our beagle, I took her to the veterinarian on Monday to have her staples removed from her surgery. Um, if you've been following along or if you're new, uh, our beagle was diagnosed with cancer two years ago and she had to have her fourth surgery to have a mass removed and the surgery went very well. She's been super duper happy and energetic. I think it's probably been her best, um, uh, recovery. recovery that she's had out of all of her surgeries. Uh, unfortunately they did find that she had Cushing's disease along with this cancer. Uh, so she started medication for her Cushing's on Monday. She'll be tested in 10 days to see if the dose is working. If it's not working, then they're going to adjust it and then she'll be redosed. Re no, retested. I'm sorry, retested again 10 days after that. But it's something that will be done um, as far as testing like like the first time will be 10 days then it'll be a month then it'll be two months and it'll be six months and they're just going to keep a real close eye on her but Roxy's doing good so I just want to give that little update uh this weekend we're going to be going to my grandson's house or my son's house because he's the one that owns it uh my grandson lives there <laughs> we're going to be going there because it's going to be his second birthday and of course his birthday present would be a fish uh aquarium a fish aquarium a that fish sounds aqua good you know you know not a dog aquarium or a cat aquarium, <laughs> but a fish aquarium. Um, but it's a 30 gallon and it's a complete setup. So we're going to set that up with him and then take him to Petco and let him pick out a fish because he already has two other fish. So we're going to let him get one more fish because he has an aquarium now. It's just a smaller one. So they needed an upgrade. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll record it. I don't know. Hmm, who knows? But I can't wait to take him shopping to let him pick him out. He's going to be two, by the way, and he's super cute. Okay, so now it's my turn for my intro. John's World! The kids didn't seem quite as enthusiastic with that one. I know. Uh, I think CJ was seven. That's so funny. When they made those intros. <laughs> That's from the old... Uh, Tank Talk podcast, and I am uploading old episodes of those. So, John's World, not a whole lot going on with me, uh, except I have found a new show, which I'm not watching with you. Huh. We like to watch shows together, but this is a show just for me. It's not a new show. I was desperate to think of something to talk about in John's world today. So this is the only thing I could think of. It's not a new show, but it's new to me. And it has a couple of my favorite actors in it. It has Danny McBride in it, who grew up right down the street from where we grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And uh, Walton Goggins, who played Boyd Crowder in uh, Justified. And he played the guy, the one guy. One of only two that survived on uh, The Hateful Eight. Shouldn't have spoiled that for you, sorry. But I'm a big fan of Walton Goggins. The show is Vice Principals. Now, I know what you were just thinking. If he's talking about Danny McBride and Walton Goggins, he must be talking about 
Righteous Gemstones. I love that show too. But this one's Vice Principles. It was out a long time ago. It's been one of those that I've always wanted to watch. Never did. Started watching it last night. And it is hilarious, just like anything else that I've ever watched with particularly Danny McBride in it. I've always been a big fan of him. Eastbound and Down, Righteous Gemstones, all the movies he's been in. And, uh, and now this one. I'm so sad that it took me this long to find Vice Principals or start watching Vice Principals because it is great. So that's my recommendation. Maybe I'll have something better for John's World next week. I don't know, but uh, that is my John's World for this week. So there you go. Lots of fun uh, to, to be had today. We've gone for uh, an hour, which is pretty good amount of time. I had a whole lot of fun doing this, and I hope everybody that has watched the premiere enjoyed it as well. Uh, we are in chat, chatting with you right now, and I, I just really enjoyed this. And like I said, I hope you did too. Yeah, it's been fun. We are going to do this every Thursday. We're going to upload them earlier in the day. We decided on 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for the YouTube version of this, the podcast will go up at, uh, should be the same time in all of the podcast form, uh, podcast platforms. But for the YouTube version of this, they will, from this point on, upload uh, at 10 p.m. or they'll premiere. A.M. I can't even do this. They will premiere at 10 a.m. every Thursday. And we will be in the chat for the premieres. Yes. It'll be a lot of fun. This is a, a new format for us. This is something that we're working on. It's just the two of us. So everything is kind of on us to do this. We're going to hone in on the format and, and you know, hopefully things will go a little bit more smoothly and stuff like that moving forward. But I feel like you're going to get more of us, though. You're not going to get less. So if you think, oh, this isn't going to be as much fun because it's not live, it's it's that's not true because we're going to be in there with you while you're watching us. It's kind of weird, but it, it, that's just the way it's going to be. And we won't be distracted, John. Yeah. I definitely do get distracted. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, well, there we go. There is the episode for this week. Uh, I'm going to do what I always do, even though we're not live. I'm going to have you close oh us out. All right. Well, I, I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. I don't even know how to end these things now because I want to say, we'll see you next time, but will we? <laughs> we don't see anybody. <laughs> but anyways, Thank you so much for uh, for being here. And if you like this or you don't, leave a comment in the comment section. I mean, that's how we know. John might not see it, but I will. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Bye. <laughs>